Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. morning. A couple things before we dive in. Um, one of the traditions that we do at this church is we love to give gifts or cards to those that are leaving. So if you want to give gifts or cards, and you do, bring them by the office. We'll collect them and then shower them in a couple weeks when we do the mega potluck for Michael and Betsy. Um, the second thing is, um, I don't know how to say this. There's been, you know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, there's been some shootings again, and then again, and again. And we've, I think, three this week or week and a half or something. So we'll get into our message, but I'd love for us um, just God is about life, not about death. And one of the things he calls us to do is to pray. So I would encourage you just as a picture of love and unity that just grab a hand by someone next to you and I'll lead us just in a short prayer to pray against evil because that's what's going on when these things happen, so... Pray with me. God, I don't understand um, why these things happen. And I know it grieves your heart. And so as a church, one of the things, we don't know what we can do often, but one of the things you call us to do is to pray. So we just stop, put everything aside, and in unified hearts, beg for you for mercy, that you would meet people's needs that are hurting, that are um, confused, that are believing lies, that you would heal them and protect us, protect them from themselves even. And then I pray for the people that have been wounded and the families and friends of people that have been killed, that you would have mercy and grace and care for them and even show us a way to uh, tangibly, care, tangibly care for them. And then I just pray for protection. I know you are able to snuff out these um, future events that people are planning or thinking or prone to, that you would block that and um, by your angels or by people here on earth, that you would uh, stand in front and, and protect innocent people. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Um, we're about halfway through our... Um, our sermon series on the book of First John with the, uh, the question of how do we live our best life? And it's, uh, it turns out it's a we question, not just how do I live my best life, but how do we live our best life? And the book can be kind of, the, the book of First John can kind of be chopped into two pieces, um, not perfectly per se, but the themes resonate quite a bit. The first half is all about living in the light and living in truth. Um, and then the second half is about, well, how do you actually do that? It's about love, which is what we've been singing about. So living in the light means um, not just understanding the truth, but living out the truth in love. And those themes, light and love, are mingled throughout the book. But we're kind of turning that corner now to the second half. We're going to get real practical, as if we haven't already been pretty practical in this series. But we're going to talk about how do we actually love. Because the challenge is um, we don't want to we don't want to be hypocrites. I'll just say it. Basically, we don't want to understand in our mind about love and then not do it, 
right? That's the point of loving. God's love is active. It's, a, it's an experiential thing. It's something that we do in our hearts and our minds and our wills and our soul. And it's actually the series that we'll be doing this fall. Um, we're thinking about the title of that being all in, like how do, what, what's the thing God called us to do? To love him with everything we've got, to love our neighbors with everything we got, and love ourselves. So we'll get into that in the fall, but I guess this morning's message is a little foretaste of that because we're going to be talking about love this morning. The notes in your bulletin are really, this passage is actually pretty easy to follow. It's, it's laid out pretty logically and it kind of builds on itself. So if you want to take notes, that'll be helpful for you um, to remember what we talked about this morning. And I want to um, pray even just one more time for us to be attentive, not just to understand the content, but to listen to God and say, God, how would you have me live this out uh, this week and then in, in times forward? So pray with me one more time before we dive into the scripture. God, we don't want to be hypocrites. We do not want to. And yet I confess and we confess that we are. Many times I, I know the thing I ought to do and I don't do it. Um, we, we just want to not just talk about being loving in our church, but, but, to, but to put it into practice, to love people, to love those, those people that you put in front of us that you've called us to love. You, uh, you use this letter in churches hundreds a couple thousand years ago, would you use this letter in our church and open up our hearts and our minds? Um, and I know you say this in your word that you put divine appointments in front of our path, that we'd walk in them, these good works that you've prepared beforehand. So um, may we be attentive this week because you're, you're up to good and we want to be a part of it. Amen. Page 1303 in your pew Bibles is where we're at. Um, and I'll just dive right in by reading first, verse 11 of chapter 3. So page 1,303, Black Pew Bibles. Students from Wanna Creek, they're there stuffed in those seats. Grab those. Um, and the first verse says this. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. The message from the beginning, love one another. Beginning. The beginning of what? Well, if you read the beginning of the Bible, we see how God loves people. If you read basically the beginning of all time, God has been loving, loving, loving. So John, it's at the beginning of, of his gospel. It's at the beginning of this book. The beginning meaning it's always been this way. God is love, and in him there's no darkness at all. He's love. And so we need to know from the start, even really before the start, God always was. He always has been this way, he, he is this way, and he always will be this way. He's loving. And the love that we're talking about, there's different kinds of love, is agape love, which I, you know, they call it like sacrificial love. Really, in my, you know, way of thinking, it's really, I just call it God love. It, it's love, his style of love, where he's just giving sacrificially, abundantly, over, above and beyond. And so John is reminding these churches, and literally re reminding us as well, hey, you may have lost the plot. You forgot the story. Here's the story. Love one another. God loves us. Let's love each other. That's what we're supposed to do. And so from the beginning, he tells us that. And then um, the reason I think he tells, I think you, you read the book of 1 John, and it's also in the Gospel of John, he repeats this over and over. So I'm, I'm preaching through this, and we're going to hear it again later in the book. I'm like, why is he being so repetitive? Well, what do you think? Because <laughs> we forget. Because we don't do this. Maybe even he used to forget a lot. Even, 
Even John was with Jesus. Maybe he forgot. He just like, I got to tell him again. I got to remind myself. We keep forgetting to love, to love one another. So how do we actually love one another? And that's where we get into the next uh, couple of verses, 12 to 15. And what John does is he gives us a negative example, and then he gives us a positive example. Some of us learn by touching the stove a couple of times. We learn through hard, hard examples, and some of us learn through good examples, or maybe both. So he starts out with a negative example, the example of Cain. And it's actually, the, the story of Cain is from the beginning. He's the first kid ever born on, on earth. And so we, we learn about how he didn't love. And so let me read you that story out of uh, Genesis chapter 4, right near the beginning of the Bible. And this is uh, how not to love. Um, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. But Cain spoke to his, uh, Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, and Abel, uh, his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where's Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out for me from the ground. And now you're cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. So I wanted to remind us, just reread that story, because then John says, we should not be like Cain, this is verse 12, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we've passed out of death and into life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. There's a lot going on there. And, uh, you, you know, one of the things about this is scholars will debate, was, was Cain's offering, you know, because it was fruits and vegetables, God wanted just a blood offering, and and you know what? The, the story doesn't really tell us. We don't need to spend a lot of time in that. What we do know from the story is that God corrected Cain, and he was jealous of his brother, and he wouldn't listen to God. God God's like, we can fix this. Cain's like, I'm, you know, showed his anger. He was even warned. Sin is crouching at the door, and he chose negatively. He chose the way of death. And so the issue isn't so much about you know, whether we do everything perfect, it's like, can you be corrected? Can you be taught the right ways? Or even better yet, can you just celebrate with your brother? He got it right. Or learn from your brother. What did you do? What was, what's, that's what the opportunity was for Cain. And, and that question, am I my brother's keeper? Actually, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. And so that's our negative example. That's how not to love 
one another is to be jealous, to be indifferent towards them, to not celebrate with them, to not listen to God. And fortunately, we have a good example, a positive example in Jesus in verses 16 to 18. It says, by this we know love. So not Cain's way, do it this way. We know love that he laid down his life, Jesus, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Let me read that again. You know, we make a big deal out of John 3, 16, that God so loved the world. This is our uh, other John 3, 16. That's our, our mandate to love. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, do not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Don't just talk about loving somebody. Do it. So this good example, we'll get even more specific, is we go, well, what does it mean to lay down my life for somebody? You know, am I going to be hung on a cross? I, I suppose. I, I hope not. But we're called to do that. How do we lay down our life? And fortunately, our good example, Jesus, answered this question um, through a parable. And the context of this is um, in Luke chapter 10. It's about the story of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, Hey, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Isn't that how we live? We, we want to find kind of a loophole, a way around from what we just know to be true, which is the core of our question. How do I lay down my life? How do I love my neighbor? So Jesus wisely just tells a story to make his point, to illustrate what this truth is. How do we love our neighbor? He replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. Whatever more you have to spend, I'll repay you when I come back. And then Jesus asked, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you. Go, do likewise. One of the things as I study that story a little bit further, I found that a, a famous rabbi named Rabbi Shammai, he was a famous rabbi 50 years before Jesus talked about this. And he also answered the question, what are the greatest, what's the greatest commandment? He said, there's two greatest commandments. Love God with all your heart, which is what Jesus said. But then he added this other command, which you know, is a lot in scripture. He said, be holy as I am holy. So likely these these, you know, the, the Levite and the um, priest knew these things, and to them, holy was a purity code. 
And so imagine they're walking from Jerusalem, which is this big temple. They've done all this stuff, and they're walking by, and the, the road down to Jericho is actually pretty narrow. Walking down this road, and they maybe, some commentators say, maybe they even had to step over this naked, bleeding guy, right? And they weren't moved with compassion, which is the part we all see, like, they should have stopped and helped him. But one of the mistakes that they made was they looked at that guy, and if they touched a bloody body, they would be uh, unclean. So they'd have to not only take care of this guy, they've got to go all the way back to the temple and get, go through days of purification process. And so they were like, not only not moved by compassion, they also didn't want to do the extra work. And maybe they thought, well, this is something I shouldn't have to do anyways. I don't want to get dirty. I've just spent all this time up in Jerusalem. Everything, I'm all holy, right? And I'm going to keep my holiness by walking by. And I share that because sometimes, I don't know that we try to justify you know, a behavior of, of lacking compassion, but, but sometimes we miss it because we're aiming at the wrong thing. We think we're maybe even obeying God and we completely miss the point because it's basic. The guy's bleeding and he needs help. You, you know, this, the, the third person, the Samaritan, which was an enemy really, that's why Jesus picked him in the story, had compassion. Let, let your compassion guide you versus the technicalities and I don't have specific examples of how we get technical or step around, literally step around loving somebody, but we do it. And that's why Jesus tells this story because we even just ask him the question, how do I love my neighbor? Are you asking it because you don't really know how or because you don't want to? You want to see if there's a way around it. I know that's what I do sometimes. And the reality is the one that was really experiencing life to the full which we call, you know, how can I have eternal life? Well, eternal life starts now. How can I really live? Living is happening. The Samaritan is really living. He, he's, he's experiencing what God experiences when he cares for us. There's a, there's a thriving that he's getting by taking care of this guy that's beat up and hurt. That's really living, sacrificial living. So how do we love our neighbor? Don't be like Cain. Be like Jesus. And the interesting thing about this passage, and I wouldn't have guessed this looking at it, this passage in 1 John, is we could have just ended there. Hey, love your neighbor, love one another, do it like this, don't do it like this. But there's a chunk of scripture in here that's put here for a reason. And here's what I think. A lot of times we don't love one another because there's an identity problem. We're not really, we kind of forget who we are and whose we are. And John puts in this piece right there. Hey, if you're, you know, how do we really know he knows that we're asking these doubting questions. And so if you look at verses 19 to 24, when it comes to, I know when I'm given an assignment, hey, love your neighbor, sometimes I, I, I get fearful, like, oh, I don't know if that's going to be uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to do that. So you got to remember who you are. you got to remember whose you are. And so John's putting that information in there. Or maybe you're prideful, like, no, I don't need to do that. I'm good enough. Whatever our response to skipping this assignment from God might be rooted in this question. We might, not all of us, or not all the time, but there could be an identity barrier that prevents us from loving. Is that making sense? So let me read these verses. Um, love one another, okay, not like this, but love like this. And if you get off track, remember this, verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. So if, if you feel like, oh, you know, God's given me assignment or he's telling me to love each other and you're getting confusing thoughts, first go to the foundational truth in everything. Believe in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is fully man, fully God, and he came here and lived a perfect life, and he's taken away our sin and opened up our eyes so that we can see and live the way God intended us to leave. live. So start there with faith in Christ. That's the foundation, basic thing. We can't go forward apart from that. Step one, faith in Jesus. Then if you look at verse 24, the next verse, and it's actually the second half of 23, and love one another just as he has commanded us. This love one another business is not a suggestion. It's not a neat thing. It's do this. Love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. So, and, and it's how we abide in one another is that we're loving each other and obeying God. So this idea, obedience to Jesus, don't just talk about it, but do it. And last night I had the, the privilege, um, and Michael was there, and um, Maria was there, and, and a number of people up at Mount Hermon, they just are celebrating the 50th anniversary of this camp um, in you know, caring for students for 50 years. And they invited all the people that had ever worked there before on summer staff, hey, come back here and tell stories and remember. And so, you know, we're hearing these stories and we're, we're thanking God. We're having just a great time. It was fun to see people. I have aged, <laughs> by the way. I, people are like, you know, we worked here 30 years ago. Can you believe it? I'm like, what? And people are there that were like students and now they have kids. <laughs> it's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. Sidebar. But... Um, you know, one thing that really came rung true as I listened to these stories and watched people, all of these people, one, the, the thing they had in common is I probably could just go through this. They all believed in Jesus Christ, and they all did their best to obey the commandments of loving one another. But the thing they had in common, why they were brought back, is everybody at least had given a summer where they said, you know, instead of doing what I, some other thing, I'm going to give my summer because you didn't get paid a lot of money, and you had to sacrifice and work really hard. And so they did this, and by um, you know, getting training and then loving high school students, they experienced life to the full. Person after person, like, this was the best summer of my life. I had so much fun. And yes, there's fun things. There's funny skits and games and stuff like that. But the part that's fun, the fulfilling part, is sacrificially loving people. That was the key, is that community and these people, they were full of joy because they took God at his word and said, okay, I'm going to sacrificially love. That's the way life is supposed to be lived. My flesh, I, don't, I want to sit down and take a nap, <laughs> or I want to eat some good food, or I want to go on a nice vacation. Those are all good things, but that's not the point of life. The point of life is enjoy your life, and then God's going to put opportunities for you to love people. Say yes to those opportunities. And I got to see a room full of people that said yes so many times, and those people are really living. I'm like, that's living right there. That's a picture of obedience to Jesus. So these three things, faith in Jesus, obedience to, um, obedience to Jesus, and then the spirit of Jesus. Let me read this last verse um, as we wrap this up. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. God, the spirit of God, lives within you as you confess Christ. And he's always within you. And so when you get these assignments, these difficult assignments, we prayed about assignments last week. Say, God, I'll do whatever you call me to do. We can't do that on our own strength. So the spirit of Jesus is with us. You can do anything knowing that God is with you. You can do anything knowing that God is with you. So let me cut right to the chase. Right, I really want to get as practical as possible. And again, I've asked and prayed that you'd be listening to God's spirit. Here's question number one. Who would God have you love? 
When he says love one another, I think kind of like a general, like, okay, I just love everyone. That's good. That's a good mindset. But my guess is that God's put someone, even on your mind, as soon as I say that, there might be a picture that comes to your mind and say, okay, here's a person that I have to love. First, change the word have to. That's my problem. Get to love, right? Who do I get to love? Maybe this week. Who comes to your mind? And, and it could even be, look around, could be somebody in this room. Who do I get to love this week? God, God, I want God, God wants to put someone on your heart. And you might not know, but I know. See, I have the luxury of preparing for this all week. And I'm studying it, and I'm asking questions and seeking God. And so God is very active in my life. If not for my sake, for your sake, for our sake, he gives me these instances where the sermon's coming to life. And a number of people and instances came into my path where God is like, oh, there, right there, love that person. This is your opportunity to love. And so I would say, okay, I'm on the ride. And I remember one time an instant came up, I was really pretty tired. Um, and we had our, someone was coming over to our house and visiting Sierra. And I'd gotten home from work, I was tired, and I was just looking forward to just taking it easy. And it was like, invite her to stay for dinner. I'm like, okay. And I didn't feel like it. And, and I'm an introvert, and I like to just be quiet, be home, and, and we had her for dinner, and, and I didn't feel like it. She's a really nice girl. And we had the best time ever, the best conversation, great person, and I'm sitting there kind of kicking myself under the table like, you could have passed on this in your flesh. And this was so good for me, and it was, I'm sure it was, it was good for her as well. A number of opportunities, much bigger than that even, to love other people, because I've been kind of focusing like, what event would you have me apply this? We should do this all the time. But I pray that you this week are looking because God's, God's kind of like, oh, I got a lot of plans that I'm going to put in front of each of you. Opportunities to love. Some of them will be uncomfortable. Some of them will be really fun, like a dinner. But trust that this is what God does. Is, is he's all about loving and, and overflowing with love. And he's called us not just to receive his love, but to be like him and give out his love. Could be someone in this room. Could be someone where you live. Could be someone where you work. I don't know. But I want you to do this, and I, I hope I've been clear enough on this. Keep your eyes, your ears, and your heart open. The big difference between the Samaritan and the other two people is he had compassion. And you can't do that on your own. Sometimes, you, you know, you might be compassionate. But I know when I say, God, your spirit's in me, affect my heart. He will give you, he'll melt your heart. And he'll give you an opportunity to love. And then you, even then, when, it's, when you really sense it's from God, it's a powerful thing. And you know God is going to work because he's put a person in front of you or an opportunity and the call is, is to love. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I trust that it will happen this week. So let me pray for us. God, you, your whole, the whole Bible is a giant love story of these crazy stories, these examples of how you show your love, whether it's forgiveness or winning battles or correcting people or transforming people. You've done it in each of our lives. And may we not just people that receive and really get fat in your love, but that we would not only receive it, but pour it back out. And God, we admit that we, we're scared of that. We're lazy. Um, we get selfish. All kinds of things we have to confess. And you're faithful and just to forgive us. So right now, um, each person sitting here, I just encourage you in your heart 
in your own way to say yes to God, to his adventure of generosity. God, you're never going to run out of resources, so we don't have to worry about running out of ours. Have your way with us this week. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.